Welcome to the e-commerce Seal Podcast, a show dedicated to helping seven-figure-plus store owners build incredible businesses and amazing lives. I'm your host, Andrew Darian. And today on the show, good friend joining me, Michael Jackness, who I'm guessing a lot of you know. A lot of you probably listen to his podcast over at Ecom Crew, uh, or maybe know him from the private community, well-known guy in the e-commerce space. And we're talking about a new organization he launched or, or helped launch called the Online Merchants Guild. And it's a trade association with the specific purpose of fighting against some of the sales tax issues we've been running into between, between the recent Supreme Court case and some of the Amazon sales tax issues. It's getting to be a lot to think about if you're trying to stay 100% compliant with sales tax. And to be honest, getting to be a real pain. <laughs> and I think it's only going to get worse. And so, you know, my, the Online Merchants Guild exists to to try to lobby and not lobby, but to try to fight against that through some ways we'll talk about. So I'm going to talk about that, talk about ways you can get involved and ways you can help support the cause to hopefully help make, you know, make this environment we have for selling not become just an absolute nightmare from a compliance standpoint. But before we jump into that, I want to give a big thank you to our two sponsors for the show. First, Liquid Web, who offers the best place to host your WooCommerce store anywhere online. They, they've built out a proprietary hosted solution to make your WooCommerce store scream in terms of the engineering they've done for it, the scalability, the auto upgrades for, for WordPress and WooCommerce and, and, and plugins. On top of that, they're just a, a, a solid company. I use them for all of my own infrastructure, you know, the blog, the job board, my WooCommerce store. They're well-reviewed in our internal directory for our four members, 4.8 out of five stars, and they've got some pretty legendary customer service. So if you're on WooCommerce and you want the best place to host your store, you can learn more about how they can make your store just scream from a performance standpoint at ecommercefuel.com forward slash liquid web. And then secondly, a big thank you to Clavio, who makes email marketing automation incredibly easy and profitable for e-commerce. Their superpower, of course, is their ability to segment. And you probably know this, but it syncs up with your shopping cart and lets you create custom segments based on what customers have purchased or haven't purchased, how much they've spent or not spent, and automate those flows. Very cool. They also have flows that you can target based on location or date-based things like birthday countdowns, tons of different options, as well as, of course, their new lifetime value calculation, which is kind of a game changer in email. Pretty cool stuff. So if you're not using them, you can get started for free and really supercharge your marketing from an email perspective at ecommercefuel.com forward slash Clavio. All right, let's go ahead and let's see how much I can rile up Mike Jackness talking about sales tax. Let's dive in. Mike, so we, we probably should have recorded what we were talking about before we hit the record button. Because the first thing I want to talk about is, if you could set the stage for us, talk about why e-commerce is getting harder in 2018, especially from a government and a compliance perspective. Yeah, I mean, be happy to. I've been selling stuff online since 1998, like back in the old eBay days. But from an from an e-commerce perspective, like really got into this when we started selling through treadmill.com, which was in 2013. So thinking over the last five years as we've been growing our e-commerce businesses and, and what's what's really changed there, I, I think of several different factors. Let's let's talk about Amazon just first, just to get that out of the way, because that's not a governing factor, but it's certainly a factor. I mean, you know, Amazon continues to grow faster than the rest of the industry, which puts a lot of pressure on non-Amazon sellers, which, you know, we certainly were, that was, you know, that's how we got started in, in, in e-commerce. We didn't really even start selling on Amazon at all until a couple of years ago, but you have 
this 800 pound gorilla that continues to, to grow faster than the rest of the industry that that sets the bar for for shipping and, and some other things. And, and they if you are an Amazon seller, they can throw their weight around in ways that is particularly unfair, you know, probably in, in like the antitrust category kind of thing. It, it, it's it's a little bit frightening. But focusing more on the government side of things, you know, some things have happened relatively recently in 2018 specifically with sales tax and duties and, and, and tariffs that, that are definitely a little bit scary and hard to plan for. You know, so you have and, and anyone that's been in business for any length of time, you know, knows that you you want to be able to plan for things or be able to to know certain things are going to be the same way that they are today that they will be a year from now. And not knowing where this uh, stuff with sales tax is going to ultimately shake out makes it very difficult for planning. And also not knowing where tariffs are going from day to day is is also disconcerting if if you are importing a lot of stuff, which which our business does now. So yeah, I mean that those things alone make it's a kind of a three prong triple whammy for us of how how much more difficult it's been running our business. And we can talk about some of the specifics of that as we move through those. Yeah. I mean, we've got at a high level, you've got the sales tax issue from the Wayfair in South Dakota case, which pretty much opens up the floodgates for any states to be able to charge sales tax from out-of-state sellers. You've got FBA nexus issues. So if you're using FBA, you're supposed to, by the letter of the law, be collecting sales tax anywhere. You have inventory in an Amazon warehouse. You've got tariff issues and any other big, big high-level things that you're feeling the crunch on right now, Mike? I think the other thing is Chinese sellers would probably be the, if there's mm-hmm. a few, not throw more mm-hmm. fuel on the fire, um, <laughs> <laughs> not that we need more, but I think that, you know, as someone that goes over to Asia, I, I, I guess it's, I think it's fortunate. Like I look at, you know, my life and, and just being able to be able to do stuff like this. And the fact that I've been able to go over there and interact with a different culture and, and see it on the ground firsthand, you know, I know this is a, a family podcast, so I'll just say zero Fs are given about U.S. law <laughs> in China, you know, when it comes to sales tax or, or this type of, of stuff, they they don't care. Like, I mean, they're so they're not complying to the same rules that we are. So, what's already become a very tough, unfair, maybe unjust game within the United States becomes even more difficult when you have someone else that's basically cheating against you, and and it's a significant amount. You know, sales tax numbers can be as high as as ten percent in some states, and also the franchise tax board component, income tax component, every state calls it something a little bit different that Chinese sellers also ignore. Uh, so if they're not concerned about about those rules and regulations and having to deal with that on top of it. And then also there's a lot of a lot of Chinese sellers that are cutting out middlemen like like us. If you want to I mean, it's interesting because sellers like us never would consider middlemen. We were always considered the people that were going direct to to manufacturing and making stuff and we were the ones cutting out the middlemen, but now it seems like the joke's on us in some ways that that they're the ones cutting us out, or we're, we we uh, we weren't quite as close to the process as we thought we were. And so you you started, or at least got involved with a group of people to start the online's Merchants Guild. What what is it? Yeah, so I mean, as you know, we you and I have known each other for quite a while. I mean, I've been speaking at a lot of events lately, and we run our own podcast and just kind of like integral in the community and. I've just always been that kind of guy. I don't know what it was. Like one day, you know, Bernie Thompson and I, who the, the two of us are the ones that end up starring this thing, you know, we were to, we had we had talked previously a couple months before that we had both spoken at at Global Sources over in Hong Kong. This subject came up, and when the 
the case was going before the Supreme Court, this was like over two full years from the time that we started talking about starting some type of association. We were just like, you know what? Someone has to do it. The time is now. Let's each you know contribute our own money to, to start this thing and and get it running. And that that's how it started. I mean, it was basically no one else had taken charge. There's no there's no other organization out there like shockingly that looks after online sellers. And you would think of all the the money that goes through online sellers. There, there would have already been an organization like this, but there there wasn't. So we we took the lead and the impetus to to just to do it was the the Supreme Court case that was coming down the pike. And then you know the ruling went the wrong way. And now I think that the motivation to do something about it is even is even higher now than than ever. And so the Online Merchant Guild, it's correct me if I'm wrong, but it is an organization that exists to fight for the rights of store owners to fight against things like undue the undue burden for you know complying with forty five different states and their tax law and their tax laws their sales tax laws. So could, maybe you can give me a quick quick idea of what what is the guild's stance on sales tax, IP protection, and trade policy, kind of at a high level. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're not big enough to to tackle all three of those issues. Like I mean, those are things that in the future we hope to work on IP protection and trade policy. And those are things that we've definitely talked about, but. At the size that we're at, you know, having to pick one issue to fight for that affects every every single person, because not everyone has to deal with IP issues or, or trade stuff. Because, well, at least not directly. I mean, indirectly, yes, but everyone has to directly deal with sales tax. And again, just because of our size, we've we've picked this battle to to go after. So, I mean, our, our stance on sales tax is basically twofold. I mean, we look at the let's pick the Amazon thing first to talk about, which, cause there's just such a big Amazon presence that we can't ignore that, but we're definitely not like an Amazon centric organization in any way, shape or form. And, and we'll talk a little bit about, more about that. You know, our, our first position is that simply selling on Amazon does not create nexus in, in the states that, that Amazon has centers in. Amazon controls the customer and where that inventory goes and the entire process in every way, shape, and form, except for the one thing that is convenient for them not to want to have their their hands on or, or whatever, which is the, the sales tax portion of it. Part two is the undue burden component. And I wish that Paul, who's the third person as a part of Merchant Skill, he's a, he's a lawyer and he's been practicing stuff in sales tax for, for decades and he's really smart and can explain this much more elegantly and articul- articulately than I can. But in the Constitution, there's a clause that you can't present an undue burden to to business, to interstate commerce, and that's exactly what this this ruling does. I mean, it's a situation where you very quickly can spend more money on the cost of compliance than your profit is on the sales to comply. And Mike, just to to, to interrupt to clarify, so you're kind of sh- shifting from that, that that first part you talked about was all Amazon sales tax related. The second part is it could be anywhere. This is the Supreme Court ruling where it could be even if you're not selling on Amazon, you're selling on your own store. You sell to someone in Texas, you have to now potentially you could be liable to submit sales tax to Texas. That's correct. So like using South Dakota as a you know that was the first one. The ruling their their rule their law is one hundred thousand dollars of sales into the state or two hundred transactions, whatever one you trip first. It's really easy to 
to sell 200 sales in the South Dakota. I, you know, we make fun of South Dakota. You live in Montana. We make fun of Montana uh, as being a low population state. Oh, not you know, on like, this podcast. Careful. <laughs> oh, we can't do that. Go on we, carefully. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll do that with Steve Chu when I'm on his podcast. We'll make fun of you. Us California guys. That's right. Uh, these Excuse flyover me. states. <laughs> flyover. I, I, you rarely fly over Montana from California unless you're going to Toronto, I'm guessing. So That's true. anyway, That's beside true. the point. You know, at least one percent of the population lives in South Dakota, so you don't have to be at a very high order volume before. At that order volume, with the average, the average e-commerce transaction, you know, being somewhere around twenty-five dollars, you're only you're only selling five thousand dollars of stuff into the state before before tripping it. And if you're looking at, let's say, ten percent net profit, and actually, you did a state of the merchant study that was really awesome. What was the average net profit of of e-commerce store owners in that in that survey? It was about seventeen percent net margin. Seventeen percent, which is on the, the high end for for e-commerce in general. But even if you take seventeen percent of that number, like you can see, where very quickly the cost of compliance to deal with this is significantly higher than the margin that you're making in the state. So, you know, it, it creates this undue burden on on all sellers to have to to file, comply, and deal with all this stuff. You know, if you're if you're closer to ten percent margin, like we are in our business. Or even if, if you're at 17%, very quickly, like the cost of compliance can cut your net margins in half. Or, or if you're a smaller company, uh, get rid of them completely. That's where the undue burden comes in. And so for for you guys' position, trying to enact change, are you, as, as the guild, and we'll talk about how you guys raise money and how people can donate and get involved here in a minute, but are you, is your primary... How are you trying to change this? Are you lobbying congressmen? Are you are you 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 know suing different places? What are you guys trying to do to change this to get to get the burden, the sales tax burden for sellers to be less ominous? Yeah. So I mean, we're we're in the process of literally suing states. Like that's that's our position is to you know Paul and Bernie and I have talked about this at length. You know, with Paul's advice again, using someone who was who was a, a lawyer and who think. How how can we enact change the quickest? And that's basically our stance right now because the lobbying route, which is one of the other routes we talked about, first of all, is incredibly expensive. It costs a ton of money. You have to like set up offices in Washington, DC, pay people who make six figures, you know, good six figure salaries per year that you know already have the Rolodexes and be able to like get in front of the right people to be able to 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 make change. And the climate, you know, I don't want to get too political on on the podcast here because uh, that's just like uh, the third rail that no one wants to talk about. But I don't think that anyone would argue that things are more dysfunctional than ever in Washington, and and trying to get any legislation done is difficult. Like, I mean, going that route is the long the long hard road, expensive road that doesn't guarantee any positive outcomes. But suing states because, you know, under Paul's you know direction and, and feeling about this and, and also talking to a couple third party law firms and, and vetting, you know, the thesis here, the undue burden is, is so high and, and so out of uh, out of whack that we think that by by filing a lawsuit on behalf of Online Merchants Guild against several or all of these states that we can potentially even get an injunction to like stop this immediately. And that's, that's the hope. But like, even if we don't get the injunction, the goal is to like, to get the, the thresholds that these states are setting to be more realistic for companies of, of our size. Like everyone listening to this podcast, if you're a size company that's listening to this podcast, you're the one that, that cares about this. I mean, you know, and again, we're, we're a five, $10 million. We'll probably do about 8 million this year. 
for for me, like I'd rather not be in business than than deal with this. Like, and and that's not hyperbole. I mean, we literally were talking about that before this podcast because I just don't. I've been in business long enough and dealt with enough states and and jurisdictions to know that not only does it suck all the fun out of the business, but it's I think that it's literally impossible to comply a hundred percent. You know, and having to deal with forty five jurisdictions potentially auditing you or fining you or you know, going back and asking questions and then, you know, being surprised by, oh, now you also owe a franchise tax board fee and, you know, all these different things that are hard to comply with even one state. I mean, I don't know like how much you, you know, how to deal with Montana and, and just trying to have all your T's crossed and I's dotted for, for one state. But, you know, in California, it, it's tough. I mean, like we've definitely over the last five years have gotten more than one letter with a penalty as, attached to it, a fine for, not paying a tax or, or 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 filing some fee or piece of paper that I didn't even know existed. And yeah, you, know, you, need, a, to, you uh, need to move to Montana, reincorporate. Things are pretty good up here for business owners. This little uh, public service announcement for uh, for anyone thinking about moving to Montana with a business. Well, but it's because the, the city council knows you would just go down there and like throw a snowball at them if if you don't agree. So <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah, California. You think about California, it'd be tough. And and but you, you, California is is particularly New York and California kind of particularly bad reputations, but you know, you multiply that by 20 and, and it's just, yeah, it gets, uh, it gets, your point's well taken. So how do people, how do people get involved? I mean, well, I guess maybe I can summarize and you can let me know if I'm, I'm wrong, but you've got, of course, the Online Merchants Guild and people can go to the website and sign up and become a member and you have recommended payments for, for different revenue size, you know, anywhere from, you know, 25 bucks up to, you know, thousands of dollars based on how large you are. And those funds are going to be put directly toward filing a lot of these lawsuits, correct? That's right. And it's a hundred percent of the funds being put towards it. I mean, Bernie and I both put up five figures to help get this thing started. You know, our, our perspective was that's significantly cheaper than, having to fight even one state if they were to to come after us for some BS reason. And, you know, we, we feel like this is one of these situations, you know, and, and you and I know each other. I'm, I'm like Superman kind of guy. I like to do everything on my own and feel like I can be a bull in a china shop and bust through anything. But I can't afford like a, a seven-figure lawsuit against even one state. That would put us under the ground. So like the, the idea here is collectively by raising enough money, like we can fight this fight together that, you know, we we all know that we're that we're right. It's just a matter of you know getting getting things righted with with the states and some of the legislation here. And I, I think you know long term, like there, there's very little question that this will get this will get on the right track. It's just a matter of you know how quickly can we do it, and is is today's generation of e-commerce owners going to to suffer to to pave the way for the future ones? I I don't want to be uh, I'm a good guy, but I don't want to be that guy. Right? I don't want to be the guy that that had the arrow in the back and and someone behind me, you know benefited because of that. So that that's kind of the, the the thought process behind it. And you know, our we were I forgot the exact designation, but it's a five oh one something something C. I am I'm not again not an accountant or a lawyer, but it's a it's a nonprofit organization. So like all of our financials are published publicly every year. There will be zero travel cost or golf trips or dinners or any of that kind of crap ever expense with this organization. It's, you know, uh, some of the jokes that have happened lately, like we're not going to be buying expensive furniture or <laughs> some of the things that have happened in Washington these days. That's not, not the objective of this organization. It's truly to enact change and, and be able to, to make things better, not only for ourselves, but for every other seller out there listening to this. 
Yeah, it's funny. You know, I think somebody before you really started getting this off the ground, or you had gotten off the ground before you had really brought it to kind of the, the e-commerce field, the private community, and started talking about it and promoting the cause a little more publicly. Somebody posted about it in the forums, and, and I don't. They knew you well, you know, and, and they they were like, "What? What's this organization? This sounds like a great deal for whoever's running it." And it was hilarious because you jumped in. You were like, "Hey, people actually are pretty legit because it's me," <laughs> which was I mean, hilarious. I, I get it, man. Like, I mean, I would have the yeah. same skepticism. I, I mean. You know, when when this was brought to me by Bernie and Paul, like even just the thought of like we're gonna sue states and like actually change something, like give me a break. Like that doesn't actually happen. Like you don't change big government bodies and you know, and 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 then it's like how do we get the public perception behind us that like, you know, this isn't just some slush fund to like go buy a Ferrari or something or or show, get chauffeured around. I mean, I, I definitely get it. Like I definitely get the skepticism, but like, you know, hopefully you know, my my one hope is that after like the last five years of being a pretty public figure in e-commerce and, and the work that we've done to build up a good reputation, we'll, we'll help here with that. Yeah. And I mean, it's for, for how far it goes, which is probably not very far. I'll put my, you know, reputation and, and, and kind of knowing you just throughout many, many years that if you're thinking about this, Mike, Mike is a solid, solid guy. I know he's doing good stuff. I've got, you know, I've put money behind it. I'm a member of this and I, and I think they're going to be, I think it's really cool that they're doing this. There's one guy in six Buffalo in Montana that believe in me. <laughs> I don't know about the Buffalo. I can I give you the guy, the Buffalo, you're, they're, they're, our, our Buffalo are pretty skeptical out here and they're called bison, by the way, if you want to get real technical about it. Yeah. So, I mean, if people are interested, it's online merchant skilled org. You can go there and you can donate. Maybe maybe two questions to play devil's advocate if people are thinking about doing this, but they've got a couple of you know, maybe hesitations. One, how do people know that the money that they contribute is going to make a difference if not enough funds are raised? Any any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it's actually a really good question. It was like the one question because you had sent me like kind of a, a pre-interview thing, which you're really good at doing, by the way. I need to get better about that on my own stuff. But that question was there. I was like, man, like, how do I answer that? Like, with wholeheartedly, like, honestly, without blowing smoke up people's butts. And so I, I talked to Bernie about it this morning. I was like, you know, what's the best way to to be honest about about this? And, you know, we don't want to promise something that we can't deliver on. I think that's really important. But we both feel equally that we're at a point where we've raised enough money at this point where we're going forward no matter what. We we have enough funds to to file some initial lawsuits. It just it's going to the additional money is going to allow us to put more states into lawsuits. So the, the more we can raise the 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 wider net we can cast with this, which I think is really important. And as we get to trial, when like the expensive part of it happens, we'll be we'll be better funded. And you know, it, it's it's scary because we don't have enough raised yet to be able to complete the process. But you know, we've we've both built really successful businesses and feel like as we continue to go through this and drum up support and people realize how important this is, the position that they're in, as we continue to make more progress. I think more and more people will get behind it. And, and our hope is and goal is to to be where we need to be financially every step of the way as we as we need it. And we definitely need people's help now to to help get there. Yeah, I love it. So again, onlinemerchantskills.org. The sooner you donate, the more likely they'll be able to use those funds in the fight. So Mike, thanks for doing this. I mean, on behalf of kind of the broader e-commerce community, thanks for to you and Bernie for for stepping up, making that initial contribution both monetarily and with your time and and leading the charge on this. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, and we only have a few minutes left, but one thing I do want to do before we sign off here, pretty heavy interview, important stuff, but a little heavy, lighten it up a little bit, wrapping things up on a lightning round. Uh, you up for doing that? Let's do it. Cool, man. Totally unrelated to anything important that we just talked about. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? 
Oh man, I should have uh, put more thoughts. I, I I know you sent these. I was like swept up in the important questions. I didn't think about <laughs> this. It, it actually go, it goes right to to this whole thing we've been talking about. Something I've changed my mind on recently has been like how much I enjoy my business. Like I've loved doing e-commerce for five years, but this stuff has me down. So I would say that that's something I've changed my mind on. Really, it's like the frame of mind of I love what I do to like this. This is starting to get like a little bit less enjoyable because of of this sales tax issue, the tariff issue, and just, you know, some of the other Amazon issues that are out there. It's taking a little bit of fun out of it. What's something you're currently spending too much money on? Oh my God, SaaS products, man. Like this is always the answer. Like (laughs) I don't have to even think about this one, but every month, like I look at that number and like we go through and cancel stuff that we need it. And we always convince ourselves that we do. And I don't know how we have a business that spends five figures a month on SaaS, but we, but we do. I'm I'm shocked that has never come up before as an answer, but I, I know what you mean. What's something you're not spending enough money on? I think that it used to be employees, but this is something that we've really corrected. I think you get what you pay for. So I feel like the first thing that comes to my mind in general, like with a lot of companies, it, that, that's the answer. But I feel like we've done a good job relatively recently enough that I can still say that this is something that, that we're probably weren't spending enough money on. But I think we kind of have it figured out now. What's what's the top thing on your bucket list? Something you'd like to do before you die? Man, I I, I actually did read this question earlier, and I was just like, man, I, I'm so lucky. Like I've done so many amazing things in my life. <laughs> you know, my my goal was to to visit all 50 countries, or I'm not sorry, states. I should say sorry. I visited 48 of, of 50 states, so I'm I'm close to to doing that. That's one of the things I really want to do. Another one is to visit 100 countries. I really want to see more of the world, and I visited 49. I don't know if I have a, a another one. I, I I'm I'm pretty lucky. If I get hit by a bus tomorrow, there's there's a lot less fortunate 42 year olds out there. I like the perspective. I like the I like that. So Mike, and then the final question: What's the number one thing you're trying to optimize your life for right now? Yeah, I mean, you and I th- th- talked about this even offline. I mean, it's I would say myself. I mean, one of the things that I think a lot of entrepreneurs that end up in a position of you worry about employees first, or your spouse first, or partnerships first with like business stuff or vendors and all these like, I mean, we have like a whole list of things that like I, I seem to worry about before taking the time to, to worry about me first. And, you know, as, as I get older, I, mean, I think it's important to, you got to put some time into yourself. I mean, invest time in yourself with exercise, with diet, with the things that are important to, for long-term health. And, and that's something I've been working on. Very cool. Mike, well, Again, man, thank you so much for coming. Again, online merchant guild, online merchants org. excuse me. If you're not involved, I'd appreciate it. I know Mike would appreciate it. And you'd be helping out the cause for all of us merchants to to donate and get involved as a member. So check that out. And if you're not listening to to Mike and his partner, Dave Bryant, over at ecomcrew.com, he puts out a phenomenal, both of them put out a phenomenal podcast and blog. So check that out. And then finally, we didn't talk about this, but the five-minute pitch Com. You guys are doing, Mike, you and a handful of other uh, guys in the e-commerce space are doing a really cool contest, almost Shark Tank style, where you can win 50000 bucks potentially if you're the winner of this kind of pitch a business competition. So if you want to, if that sounds interesting, you want to learn more about that, 5minutepitch.com, and that's the number 5minutepitch.com. Mike, always, on, always good having you on the show, and thanks so much for coming on for your work with the Guild, man. Definitely. Thank you. That's going to do it for this week, but a few important things to know about, especially if you're a store owner before you go. First, if you're looking to hire for your e-commerce business, make sure to check out the e-commerce fuel job boards. We'll get your job in front of thousands of qualified job seekers to find you the perfect candidate. And if you're looking for work, you should check out the dozens of hand-picked opportunities along with lots of other roles 
that pop up every week at ecommercefuel.com forward slash jobs. And if you're an established store owner, you absolutely should be a member of our private community for seven-figure plus store owners. You get access to a discussion forum with over a thousand vetted, experienced e-commerce entrepreneurs, invitations to our in-person member-only events, and access to our private review directory with over 5,000 software and service provider reviews. If that sounds interesting, you can learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com forward slash form. That's F-O-R-U-M. And then finally, a big thank you to our two sponsors who helped make the show possible. First, Liquid Web, best place to host your WooCommerce store anywhere online. If you're using Woo, you need to check them out, ecommercefuel.com forward slash Liquid Web. And also Klaviyo, who makes email marketing automation incredibly easy and powerful. You can learn more and get started for free at ecommercefuel.com forward slash Klaviyo. That'll do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again next Friday. Want to connect with and learn from other proven e-commerce entrepreneurs? Join us in the e-commerce fuel private community. It's our tight knit vetted group for store owners with at least a quarter million dollars in annual sales. You can learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you.